Amen. Please take your seats in the heavenly place. I want to congratulate every one of you and thank you so much for reading the word of God. I just read some of the scriptures we'll be looking at in our, in our Bible study tonight, our Sunday school tonight, in this Sunday school home group. We'll be looking at Hebrews 7 to Hebrews um, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's what we'll be looking at. You have been studying the book of Hebrews this week, and I want you to, to discuss it. We are going to be discussing what we learned. So when you get home, read through it again, and those of you who join on the internet. We found out from these scriptures that I read to you, how potent the blood of Jesus is. That I, you know, when I read the scriptures again and again this week, one of the things that happened to me is this. I had so much compassion in my heart for Christians on earth, because... I don't know the percentage, but majority of those who go to church on earth, they do not know the Word of God. They don't know the Word of God. And because they don't know the Word of God, when you talk with them, they argue ignorantly. You know, people who argue a lot are people who don't know nothing. <laughs> you know? They argue a lot. And this scripture we saw this week that there are some doctrines that have been taught in the Church of God Global that are satanic. And many believers believe in those things. And that had made believers, you know, um, unproductive. It has made strong people live like weak people. It has made some Christians confused even about what Christianity is all about. Uh, while some also, Satan has used it to lead some who are ministers into hell. But I want to say this to you. Remember the prophecy God gave us on this pulpit last year on the 20, 20, 26th, I think, or 24th. When I saw the devil with delusion coming against the world. And the delusion was so terrible that even some believers began to deny the Lord. Now, the only thing that can save you and I from that delusion, if our, our personal knowledge of the word the Bible says... Days are gone that you quote, my pastor said. If your pastor said, what do you say to? If your prophet or apostle or pope or archbishop or the, 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 the priest, whatever you call those of us who are on the pulpit, whatever we say, what do you say? You can say what we say only if what we are saying is what is written. And if any one of you listening to me in the world you recognize the fact that we just passed through last year when COVID rapid the whole world. So many people died, people that you never expected that would die in 10 years, 20 years. They just went like that. And people died in their hundreds of thousands. Who knows what will happen in two years' time or three years' time to those of us who are alive. This is the reason why everybody who goes to church under heaven now must know the days of man worship is over. And everybody needs to recognize that what about if you are the victim of COVID last year? That's the end of it. You will stand before your maker. So this season is a season for all Christians to look at the pages of the scriptures, study it and know it. So that it's not somebody said, okay? But scripture says, so anybody who calls himself a leader that says anything from his own intellect, the church will reject them and reject their words. If anybody teach you any doctrine that is not written in the book, the Bible, you reject it and reject the speaker. Because everyone who teaches God's people must first hear God 
not their human mind. Because the world is going to get more confused this year. There will be a lot of delusion this year. There will be mind-breaking things happening in the high places this year. People that you expect to be reasonable will become very unreasonable. And unreasonability will become, you know, a, a norm. And God's people will come to a place, even those who have good conscience, will be frustrated before the end of 2021 by what will happen among the nations. And that's the reason why anybody who claims to be a Christian now, you better get ready to, to go to heaven any day you wake up or any day you sleep. So in other words, we don't have any more time to waste on all these false doctrines. What I've teaching you, I've been teaching you about living a victorious life. And today, I promise you, I'll be, I'll be looking into the Word of God. The Word of God. This scripture that we've been reading, and of course, when we finish this, I'm going to talk about the potency of the blood of Jesus. That is sovereignty of the blood of Jesus. Let me say this before we go. You know, that Hebrew chapter 7 to chapter, chapter 11 tells you and I that there is no such a thing as generational curse. Really, it will, be, it will be like an apostasy if a Christian preaches that a Christian can come under generational curses. And if a Christian says that it is the prayer of some other Christian that can deliver such Christian from generational curse, that will look like an apostasy. You know, what happened is that you are undoing what the Bible, what Jesus said he had already finished. The same thing with all these deliverance lectures that they give people all over the whole place to make them a servant to one man. Everyone who perpetrates it will stand before the one who judged the living and the dead in a short time. No matter how long we stay on earth, it's but like a day. Um, this Monday, I remember my mother passing away to glory 30 years now. And you know, that 30 years when I called my baby brother and told him uh, two days ago, he said he didn't know that because my mother passed on, on his, on his uh, laps, you know, as a medical doctor in Luth then. He said he didn't appreciate that. Then his son called me. And when his son called me, I began to tell his son that, did you know that last Monday's grandma's, grandma passed, passed on 30 years? He said, my daddy never told me. I said, let me tell you the story. And I told him how my mother passed on, which I did share with you last Sunday. And the boy said, my dad never told us. I said, okay, so big daddy is telling you now. This is how it happens. A believer in Christ must wash their robes daily in the blood of the Lamb. So I want to congratulate those of you who are members of this household and those who are listening to me across the globe that you are hearing undiluted word of God that will set you free. And hold on that which is written. Challenge everybody's opinion with what is written. And you will be safe on the day of the visitation of the Lord. So we have been looking at the book of Ephesians very quickly. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, or his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Remember, I told you, devil does not have power, but he has schemes for those who are in the house of God. But if you are not born again, devil has power over you. Because Ephesians chapter one verse one, uh, chapter uh, two verses one to three tells you that that if you are not born again, Satan rules over the kingdom of the earth. So, however, this scripture tells you and I 
that for those who are in the church of God, if you are born again, it's only schemes Satan has, which is, you know, delusion and all stuff like that. Introducing false doctrine just to mislead you, misguide you, misread, shipwreck people. That's what he can do for those who are in the church. But if you concede to wrong doctrine, then he can oppress you and he can afflict you. That is, you concede to wrong doctrine. Now, so, he says, you should put on the full armor. That's why you should put on the full armor. So that when the, when the devil schemes come, you can take your stand against him. <laughs> schemes of the devil. I will talk about that before I go into the word. Now it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of, the, of this dark world, and against spiritual, hosts of, of spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Whether you read the King James Version that says it's against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness, high places, it means the same thing. Some people have got themselves busy talking about the hierarchy, hierarchy, whether the principalities are the lowest or whether the spiritual hosts of wickedness are the lowest. You don't have business with that. What you have business with is to put on the armor. Anything the Bible does not say is a man's opinion, let me tell you. If anybody says that principles are the highest, we have to look for the, the trace of that in the scriptures, and the scripture will establish it. If someone says that it's not the highest, we have to look at the trace. But I, I, I think I dealt with this when I was teaching you about devil exposition. If you look at the, pilot, the scriptures right from Genesis to Revelation, you will discover that principalities are the top. Because the word principality means a city ruled by princes. And it comes from princes. And you cannot have a prince, and you are talking that a, a member of the kingdom is above a prince. It's not possible. So we recognize that. But however the case may be, that's not the issue for today. The issue for today is that you must put on the full armor of God. You must. And I told you that your pastor cannot put on the armor for you. Your husband cannot for the wife. Neither can the wife for the husband. For your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Against all these hordes of the devil. Now understand. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. When the evil day, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm therefore or stand firm then. I told you that evil day must come because the Bible, the Bible used the word when the evil day comes. And we know in English that when you say when, it means it's going to come to everybody. If it says if, it means that some of us may, may escape it. Because the word if is subjective when it's not. It's objective. It's going to come. You cannot avoid it. You will have it. Everybody will have a branch of the devil. But when it comes to you who is a Christian, what you are wearing determines the victory or, you know, the failure. As at the time. Stand firm therefore with the belt of truth around your, around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the redness that comes from the gospel of peace. In, an, in addition to that, to, to all, that uh, all this, take up the shield of faith with which you, you, extingu- you can extinguish all the flames and arrows of the devil. The helmet of salvation, verse 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, and then the last one says, pray in every occasion with all kinds of prayer and requests with your mind say pray in the spirit with all kinds of requests in your mind i will deal with this spirit praying praying in the spirit with the holy in the holy ghost next sunday but i want to stop here today on verse 17 the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit 
which is the word of God. I'm very sure that if Paul was writing this scripture in our time, he would not use sword. He used sword because the sword at that time was the most prolific weapon for a fighter, a warrior. Alright? And you know, the Romans have this sword that has two edges. Alright? So that when they strike somebody, it cuts on both sides. Some swords are blunt on one side. They can cut on one side. But a double-edged sword is a sword that both sides are sharpened. And with a pointed nose, so that when it goes into the enemy, it cuts both sides and it cuts through also. And you know, the sword of the Spirit, Paul ex- explained the sword of the Spirit and helped us to understand that this is the sword or the weapon, the offensive weapon of a believer. If the enemy attacks you, all what you have in your body only protects you except the sword. The sword is not for protection, it's for offensive, for you to kill the enemy, for you to destroy the enemy. You remember that um, when you read the book of uh, uh, um, Kings uh, uh, and Samuel, you remember David's, um, and Chronicles rather, David's, um, uh, you know, and Goliath. Goliath had, they said his sword was like a weaver's beam. <laughs> but that's a javelin because the guy is extremely tall. You know, but what we want to look at today is that what is the sword of the Spirit? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. I beg you, every one of you, don't listen to false doctrine. None of you should listen to a minister who preaches false doctrine. Look, there is something going on in the world now. I've heard some people talk about it. They began by talking about altars. The word altar is correct. But when the church began to talk about altar of Satan, altar of your ancient altar, it's nonsense. That is Satan speaking. That is Satan speaking. Because I read the whole of the gospel. I never had any apostle mentioned it. I never had Christ mentioned it. The only altar mentioned in the New is your heart. See, what Satan does with strange doctrine, you can easily know them. Strange doctrine will, will put you in a position that you need to do something physical to earn it. Straight doctrine. And it will easily take you away. This is why some people even go to the graveyard. Christians, can you imagine, go to the graveyard to go and pray over the altar of their, their ancestors. Of course, I read it to you black and white that general causes have no problem with ancestors, with a believer. Whether your father, your grandfather, your forefathers made covenant with any spirit, he has no business with you. Really, in law, it is stupid to believe such a thing. That the covenant my wife made with somebody, I will be guilty of. It is nonsensical. If my son make a covenant with somebody, that, pers- that covenant is not binding on me. That's the reason why the covenant God made with Abraham could not be binding on you and I unless through the blood of Jesus. And the reason why that covenant will be binding is because God promised Abraham and his seed. And that seed meant Christ. And so when Christ came, you read it in Hebrew this, this week, from chapter 7. Jesus had to die so that that covenant would be available as inheritance. An inheritance is only you know, a property of hair. And you and I were born by human parents. For us to be legitimate in God, 
Jesus adopted us in salvation. Then he died so that covenant can become ours. So if your forefathers made covenant with river, are you, did you make covenant with river? If a demon comes to your house and says that your covenant father made covenant with me, you start praying, tell that spirit to come and sleep beside you on the bed. You are welcome. The person I made today with that, the blood of Jesus settled it. All this strange doctrine is to make Christians afraid. The same thing, let me tell you, they have this uh, uh, doctrine that you have to take Hifa, you know, you have to blow it in prayer for angels to come. Rubbish. I didn't hear Jesus blow any Hifa. Rubbish. I have the Hifa in my office there because somebody, one pastor came and gave it to me. I took it from him and said that, well, I took it as a, as a decoration. He gave me Hifa and a shawl. It's in my office. Some believe that you have to put shawl on your head before your prayer is answered. It's satanic. That obsolete what Jesus said, that in my name, whatever you ask, you get it. So you believe in shawl or hifa, and you put it on your head as a symbol for prayer to be answered, you have, you have been enrobed into idol worshiping. Because the Bible says that God gave me a name that's above all names. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Listen, what I don't teach you, don't do it. If you feel anything outside, come to me. Confront me. If I say something you think that it is not right, confront me, but come with the scriptures. Don't talk about ideology when you get before me. <clears throat> when you talk about Bible, give me Bible. You can't come to me about law and tell me your opinion. I won't accept it. You have to show me the acts that tells you that, or case laws. That, that where the Supreme Court really decided it. If you give me case, case laws of other courts, I won't believe it. Where is the Supreme Court decision over it? So also with the scriptures. Anything I didn't teach you. Satan has so much network on earth in the church to shipwreck God's saints. Let me show you what the word is. Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews said, it is double-edged sword. That's number one. What is the word of God? Write it down. The word of God, Hebrew 4.12, is active. Number one, the word of God is living and is active. So when I quote the scripture, or when you speak the word, you speak life out. That's why it quickens the dead. We say to the dead, rise up, and he raises it, get up. By the word. We say to the blind, receive your sight in the name of Jesus. And blind eyes are open. Cripple walk by the word. Because the word is life and active. This is the scripture that you have Bible that you hold in your hand. The word of Jesus Christ. Then it says, it is sharper than two-edged sword. Two-edged sword may cut in one way. The word will cut like fire. It consumes all around it. It's a sword with flaming fire surrounding it. If it pierces into an enemy, it turns him to ashes. It's like you throw a chemical weapon into somebody. Blow somebody up with a chemical weapon. One man. The chemical weapon is used for a city. Shoot it to a man. He is vanished. So is the word of God. Send it to the kingdom of Satan. And every demon will vanish instantly. The word of living God. It is sharper than two edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit are always synonymous. However, the word of God can separate them. And you read a lot of that in the, in the book of Revelation. The souls of those who gathered, before, who, who died, gathered before the Lord. And then you had the word, the spirit of the man, you know, gathered before the Lord. 
The word of God will divide between the soul and the spirit. And it says the joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So, which means that when you speak the word or read the word of God, that word of God should judge your own, your attitude first. It should judge your mindset second. It should judge the way you reason. The word of God should purify your mind. If you are a good, stu- a good student of the word of God, you should be an intelligent person in academics. Because if you read the word of God and you meditate on the word of God, it increases the, your brain cells of thought or reasoning. So that you can reason beyond a normal and average human being. When you stand with your colleagues and you read the same topic in your career, when you start speaking, they'll be asking you, Oh wow, this is interesting. Why? Because you have educated the membranes of your brain, your cells of your brain, your mind that is invincible with uh, uh, you know, the logics of God. To understand mysteries of God. You educate yourself with that, you'll be a great thinker. It judges the thoughts. It judges the thoughts and the attitude. No wonder the word of God changes a criminal to a holy man. A wicked man to a righteous man. Because it transforms the attitude of the heart of man. There is no medication that can do that under heaven. And this world will never get it. I want to, I want to understand. You know, some of us take omega, omega 3 and we take um, the, the, some other tablets for brain development. It's good for cells of your brain to be healthy, but none of them can make you a genius. It is known by the doctors themselves. It is the word of God. If you, if, you, if you eat the word of God and you nurture your brain with the word of God, something will happen to your reasoning. Your mental will change. Those of you who are doing business, you will have insight to better way to do those businesses. It is the word of God that can, that can bring to your memory the things that you have learned. Voluminous. Jesus said it in John chapter 16. He said the Holy Spirit will, will remind you all things. The word of God. You need to know this is the greatest treasure any mortal man can have. The word of the living God. This is the same way. This is the substance by which you can judge the true and false people. The true minister and false ministers. I don't want anyone to follow me. But follow me as I follow Christ. If you see me leave Jesus, don't follow. If you see me preach something different from what I've been preaching to you for 31 years now, don't follow. Because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you see Apostle William, follow gang of money makers. Pack your bag and baggage, run for your life. Okay? Because for them, the only thing that will remain with them is just speaking. Eloquent speech. No more encounter with God. No more revelation with God. No more manifestation of the word. They can tell stories of old. Come on now. The word of God is alive. It lives through a generation and active. This is the scriptures from the book of Hebrew. But now let's look further. Unto what can I liken the word of God? Or what will the word of God be? If I would define the word of God, that what I've read, read to you now is talking about the function of the word of God. That the word of God functions in life. It functions active. It's active. It's double-edged sword. But what is the word itself? Look at what the Bible says in the book of Psalm 1. 1 9 verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamb. The word of God is a lamb. But that lamb is interesting. It says, The lamb is unto my feet and a light to my path. I think it's metaphoric. 
And if you try to, if you like to use it just as written, no problem. This is it. When we light, when we talk about light and lamp, we talk about somebody holding the lamp in darkness and walking with the lamp, isn't it? But this lamp is not that. This lamp is for your feet. It lightens your feet only so that it will guide your steps in the right path. Right path. So it means it's more than talking about the light as you know. But what it means is that the path of the righteous is brighter. It's going brighter and brighter even to the best day. This is the word of God. It is the lamp to your feet. It is the light to your path. There is no confusion for anybody who has the word of God. A Christian cannot be confused if you have the word of God. A person cannot go to mental remission if you have the word of God. A, a person cannot have, you know, you know all this mental, uh, they, they, they say that people have. Mental health issues is the world that cures it. It's not advice. It's not drugs. Anybody who has mental health problems, feed him with the word of God. The word of faith. The word of knowledge. The word of understanding. Every time he reads the word, I say healing happening. Mental issue is a, an oppression of the devil. It comes from Lucifer. It is a, it is, it is a function of confusion. If somebody feels that he is alone. It's because he doesn't know the word of God. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always. So if a Christian is alone in a room, he knows that Jesus is there. If he knows the word of God, and he starts to talk to Jesus that is there, and they will start reporting together. That is the word of the living God. He's the lamp. He's the illuminator. Number two, the word of God sanctifies. Look at John seventeen seventeen. Jesus said, sanctify them by the truth. The word sanctify means consecrate. Make is consecrate or make holy. It is only the word of God that can make holy. There is no word of any religious leader under heaven or any founder of any religion that can make holy. Never, never, never. But the word of God himself. The word of God is what can make holy. Because God is holy and his word is holy. And anyone who receives his word will be made holy. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is true. Number three. The word of God sets free. The word of God sets free. John 8.32 Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we read in John 17, 17, that your word is truth. So where you have the word truth in the Bible, it's talking about the word of God. Number four, the word of God is God himself. Why should the word of God sanctify? Why should the word of God be a light in the midst of darkness? Why should the word of God be active and living? Why should the word of God be a double-edged sword that can cause through anything? There is no such a thing as them demons are disturbing me. Send the word, they will run. They will run. God did not create any being that will stand against the word. He didn't create it. Because the word is God himself. No wonder in the beginning, Genesis, you read it and somebody led a prayer on it yesterday. We only need to know, I think it's Pastor Dapo from Nigeria, where we are on the, on the, on the prayer line. You need to know. And look, let me show you something in, 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 uh, in Genesis 1. Go to Genesis 1 very quickly. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. I love this so much. It says in the beginning, God, isn't it, created the heavens and the earth. 
I love it. It says now the earth was formless and empty. I love it. Darkness covered over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Hallelujah. Look at what happened next verse. And God's word said. And God said. And God said. (laughs) God spoke. And when God said, what did he say? Let there be what? Light. And the Bible says, light did. That's the word of God. Let there be light and light be. God's word does not take into consideration the prevailing situation or circumstance. It creates the intention of God who sends it. Do you understand? Do you believe that? Say amen. The word of God creates the intention of what God is sending it. Let me show you something very, very quickly. God's original intention was to create a beautiful world. That's what he did. Because Isaiah tells you that 45 verse 18, for this is what the Lord says, he who created the heavens and he is God. He, he who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but founded it to be inhabited. Uh-huh. However, the Bible says in chapter 1 uh, of Genesis, verse 2 says, now the earth was empty. And the Bible says God did not create it to be empty. I'm talking about the word of God. Let me show you something very quickly. In the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. Talking about the word of God. The word of God has intention. It says, as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bird and flourish. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. What did he say in verse 11? So is my word. Now I want to read this scripture because I want to understand further what the word is. He says, so is my word. So what is it about what? He says, my word that goes out of my mouth will not return back to me empty, but will what? Accomplish. Yes? Accomplish what people desire? No. Accomplish what Satan desire? No. When the word of God goes out, it says it will accomplish what I desire. In every word of God is the desire of God. In my name you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be whole. Has an intention and desire from God. I will make you head and not tail, has intention and desires of God. I will defend you, has intention and desire from God. Whatever you ask in my name shall be done, it has intention and desire from God. So, the word of God is life and active because it carries God himself because his word is him. He will achieve the purpose for which I send it. That is what that scripture says. But you know something that really intrigues me. And you need to know that as God's children. That where is the word? Where is the word that I I may grab him? Where is the word that I can use him? Look at the book of Isaiah 51. In verse 16. I want us to read it together. Read it to yourself. What did you say? I have put. 
He says, I have put my word in whose mouth? Because you have the nose guard in your mouth doesn't mean the word is not there. It's there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We may cover our mouth now because of coronavirus, but behind that cover is the word. It, either you speak it silently, quietly, or loud, it doesn't matter. It is the heart that speaks it that matters. Believe what I tell you. Is true. I have demonstrated it among you again and again. That the word of God is God himself. And it's in your mouth. God is in your mouth. That's the reason why you must not use that mouth to say anything that God will not do or will not say. Be very careful with your mouth when you get born again. Look at what it says. John 1.3 In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him was nothing made that was made. In the beginning was the word. What is the word? The word was with God and the word was God. Number five. Through God, through the word, all things were created. John 1.3. It says through him all things were made or created. Without him nothing was created. So Lucifer was created by spoken word. Demons were created by spoken word. God spoke them to be. But you and I were not. That's why we are superior than spirits. When it came to us, God took the, the, the clay and molded us with his craft. And then he breathed into our nostrils. <laughs> Angels were wondering, what is this God doing? God was creating his replica. For the earth. If you think that they will find life in any, any, any planet. Yes, they may find life in planets. But I will see who will live there. God created only the earth for human beings to live. Not any planet. They will never find being. You know, all these books talk about aliens and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Satan is very stupid. And you know, foolish people follow him too. <laughs> he can lie to you that, um, you know, he can lie to you that uh, your body is metal, that nothing, no bullet can penetrate you. There are people like that in Nigeria. My father was like that before. That Satan lied to him that there is no bullet. That you are not really, you can pass through any medium. And he did it to my father, demonize him so much that my father can walk into the wall and go out to the other side. Through the wall. It's not magic. Real. He will go into the tree, walk by the tree and then put his side on the tree and he vanish into the tree straight away. Before your eyes. It's not film trick. <laughs> you shoot my father with gun. He will laugh at you when he was with the devil. He can, the gun, the bullet, is sounds like this, bullet will come back to the shooter. You know what Satan called my father? Kokorinti koju no. Mwurele warata kiji afene wako korinlasho. You don't understand what I said. 
You're all English. <laughs> this is Yoruba, England. Satan told my father that my father was impenetrable. He is a meta. He's full of meta joints. That is what he's made of. And he cannot be melted in a furnace. Can you see the folly? What melts meta? Is it not furnace? Satan made my father believe that furnace will melt. So he was telling him in Adik that you and I are going to hell. Because Satan himself will born in lake of fire. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And my father will be saying, yes, that is me. Yes, that is me. Yes, that is me. Yes, that is me. With the gimmicks of Satan. Let me say this to you. <laughs> Everything, every spirit that are, God spoke them to be. And that word of God is in your mouth. Speak destiny and it shall be. Don't take defeats as from God. Because the Bible says, blessed be, uh, uh, blessed be the, the Lord our God, who trains our hearts for war and our fingers for battle. In the book of Isaiah, I think, First um, uh, Corinthians, I think it's chapter 15, verse 58. Let's see very quickly. Thanks be to God who always gives us victory through our, our Lord Jesus Christ. A Christian must not take defeat as a blessing or something from God. No! The word cannot be defeated. Get up and fight. Speak, speak, speak until you beat the word. Speak to your circumstance until that circumstance changes to the word. Insist because that is the ultimate power you are given. Your word, your word, your word in God. You can change anything on earth. You don't need prayer of agreement for this. There's a place for that. You can change anything on earth by the word. So, by the word he created all things. Number six, it's just seven, I'm going to stop today. Number six, in the word is life. John 14, four to, John 1, 4 to 5. John 1, 4 to 5. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that's what I just explained to you now. In him, in the word, was life. And that life is the light of man. Verse 5 is what we have for this year. The light shines in darkness and darkness cannot understand it. Or darkness cannot comprehend it. Which means that anybody full of the word of God, it is impossible for Satan to understand you. Really people cannot understand you. People can, you can, you can, you can be relating with people and talking with them. And you know, an issue will occur. And they will say that, no, we know this is the limit of that person. This is what he can say. And when you get there, you operate in a higher dimension of knowledge. And they'll be shocked. They'll be shocked. Huh. Do you know something? Some of you will leave this place today and change every all situation of your life by speaking to them. Everything has air. This, this wood, dead wood, have ears. He has ears. Everything you call dead on earth, they hear, they have ears. They have ears. They are not dead in the spiritual. Anybody who was an occult before, you would understand what I'm telling you. Can a magician not levitate some objects with a demonic power? Did Jesus not say you are more than that? You can say to a whole mountain, be moved. If anything has a name, it has a definition. 
Anything that has a name is under the supreme name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee. Thank you. Number seven. The word makes you holy. It makes you holy. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 to 26, it says, Husband, love your wife. I can say to all wives, happy Valentine." And I can say to all who are engaged to be married within a few days, happy Valentine. I think those are the two people the Valentine, isn't it? Talk to me, talk to me, English. Now, <laughs> there's no Valentine in my village. <laughs> so today when I woke up in the morning, I, I thought to myself, let me give you this joke. What shall I give my beloved wife as a Valentine? I'm in a big trouble because... She had told me a day before that they give flower. Am I correct? All you these young men looking at me. I said, am I correct? Oh, you didn't give your wife flower today. Ah, you are guilty of a thought. Now, let me say something to you. She had told me a day before that, on Valentine, men give flower to their wife. Am I correct? I'm frozen in Bilareke without ability to go and buy flower. So... I didn't respond. But this morning now, I said, oh my God, how shall I give my Valentine a gift? I went to boil egg. <laughs> I boiled egg. <laughs> I peeled the egg. I ate my own Valentine. <laughs> and, and I took her own Valentine. And I went up. To my wife in her room, she was getting dressed. I say, Darling, happy Valentine, I love you. <laughs> and I, pre- <laughs> I presented my wife eggs. <laughs> Let me tell you, I have done better than flour because she cannot eat flour, but she can eat my egg. <laughs> Hallelujah. She took my egg from me and said, thank you, darling. <laughs> I said, I'm yours forever. So yours sincerely. Hallelujah. At least I can't give an excuse that there is no flower, so I can't give my, my wife Valentine anything. I said, if it was in my village, I would have give her, given her lafu. <laughs> you don't know what that is. If it was an evil man, I'd give, give her apple. Mm-hmm. Look at what the Bible says here. Husband, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why is Jesus saying this? The word of God is saying this. Paul is the one writing this. Look at the next verse. To make her holy. How can husband make the husband holy? Make the wife holy, rather. How can a man make the wife holy? Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Don't teach your wife the word. You can make her holy. The word makes holy. What you, what, you, what you give is what you get. The word of God makes holy. Listen to me. As it is applicable to wife here, it's applicable to the husband. It makes every man holy. Because Jesus has said in 17.17 of John, sanctify them by the word. Sanctify them by the word. 
you can be sanctified but each time you read the word you are sanctified can you imagine in the morning you take sanctification one dose afternoon sanctification one dose evening sanctification one dose how many doses that three doses of sanctification take that every day multiply it by 356 days or 300 whatever days you die you, you have in, in the year how many sanctifications have you got that's the reason why because many believers don't do that that's the reason why flesh overcome christians this my anger who told you that you have anger when they gave back to you your parents did not see anger in you they they named you at whatever they they named you they didn't come home with anger they came out with the baby i don't know what to do with this my pride who told you that you pick this one we are drop it back you have enough dose of the word of god this my weakness which weakness take the dose of the word of god daily when the, the doctor give you medication to take i can tell you this antibiotics and I can tell you from my experience. Because I've been given antibiotics before. I took it and then I felt okay. I said I don't need it anymore. And left the rest of the dose. And after some days or week, the same thing happened again. I went to the doctor that this antibiotic does not work. Doctor said that, ah, did you take the antibiotics? I said I did. He said, did you finish the course? I said finish what? I said when I took it. And my sickness stopped. I stopped the, the medication. I don't need it anymore. He said, that's why. I said, but when it started again, I went to my old antibiotics. And I said, taking it, he said, oh, you want to kill yourself. Doctor said to me that if we give you antibiotics, you must finish the course. You know, I learned a lesson from that. Every dose of the word of God takes you to finishing course. If you take the word of God for two days and you leave it for ten days, that dose will go down. But if you continue to take it regularly, 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 it will become what is. You know, some Christians are saying that, oh, but God prophesied that I'm going to be an evangelist. When will it happen? God prophesied that I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a prophet. I cannot even see. Why can't you see? Don't you understand that before Jeremiah could see, they gave him the word to eat. You read it in Jeremiah 2. If you look at Jeremiah from chapter 1, verse, from verse 5 to 2, chapter 2, you will hear it. This man, was, God showed him something he didn't see. He said, I can't see. God said, okay, take, put the word in his mouth. After I the word, God showed him the same thing. He said, what can you see? He said, I see an almond tree. Yes. You cannot see in prophetic unless you are full of the word. Neither can you grow in power unless you are full of the word. You cannot have discernment unless you are full of the word. The Lord has taken me to heaven before and showed me that the key to word of knowledge is the study of the word. And he said to my son, to me, my son, don't read the Bible, study it. The Lord took me that. Now, in conclusion, I will read just a scripture to you and give you a summary of what we have been looking at. Who is the word therefore? Verse 14 of chapter 1 of John. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father. Full of grace and truth. And that man is Jesus. 
No wonder he has so potency, so much power, so much power. He is the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. So when you are reading the word, we are reading Jesus. When you are dwelling on the word, you are dwelling in Jesus. That's why Jesus said in the book of John 15, if, if you dwell in me and my word is in you too, abide in me and I will abide in you. If my word abide in you, then you abide in me. Listen to this. Look at Revelation chapter 19 verse 1, verse 11. It says, I saw heaven standing open, verse 11, 19, Revelation. And there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are crowned, many crowns. He has a name written on him that no man knows but he himself. He is dressed in, ro- in a robe deep in blood, and his name is what? The Word of God. The armies of heaven, we are following him, riding on white horses, and dressed in the linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes the sharp sword, with which... To strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of fury of the wrath of God Almighty. One on his robe and on his thigh, his name. He has the name written. King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will talk to you about that later on. So what is the word? He is Jesus himself. Who is the word? He is Jesus. Because he says, this scripture says, he, he was riding on a white horse and his name is the word of God. In his mouth is a double-edged sword. So whenever you quote the word of God, it's the mouth of Jesus that you are speaking to, from. And he says, on him is written the king of kings and lord of lords, so that you and I can know that that word is Jesus himself. We don't need to be told by anybody. So the word of God you have in your hand is Jesus. If you have the Bible in your home, it's Jesus you have there. Someone said to me that the, word, the, the Bible is, is just ordinary paper. It's not ordinary paper. You go and bring me a paper that can heal the sick. A paper that can change life of people. A paper that can change the mind of person. A criminal can be turned to the most holy man. Show me the paper. You cannot take the word of God and put it on the ground and put your legs on it. That is apostate. That is the highest detestable thing to do. The word of God is God himself. He is Christ in the word. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. That's the reason why if you send him anywhere, he will work for you according to his own plan as it's written. Now therefore, consider a Christian who does not know the Bible. How much defeat he suffers. How much defeat he suffers. So therefore you can write these things down. Seven things about the word of the living God. Number one, it penetrates even the dividing of the souls and spirits. Number two, it penetrates even the dividing of the joints and marrows. Number three, it judges the thoughts of the earth. Number four, it judges the attitude of the heart. Number five, it's a lamp to your feet. Number six, it's a light to your path. And number seven, it sanctifies you. And makes you holy. And that's what you got from the book of Hebrew 4.12. Shall we stand up together please? I want to pray with you. Father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you for you send your word and heal your people. 
For your word is you. For in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, by him all things were made. We exalt your name because you live in us who believe in you. You said, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I will come in. We thank you, Lord God, for sending the word. We bless your name for giving us your son. We thank you. We read about the blood of your son yesterday, but today we see him as the word of the living God. And we thank you for the power in the word, the healing in the word. We thank you for the strength in the word. He spoke to the wind, and the wind and the waves obeyed his will. Lord, we exalt and magnify your name. By your word I say, anyone under my voice that is bound by Satan, loose in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It says, I will deliver you from the oppressing spirits. It says, I will defend you, says the Lord of hosts. It says, I will go before you, says the Lord Almighty. And I say, as you go in this week, the mercy of God shall be your compass. I say that you have entered a new week. And in this new week, God will make all things new for you. The glory of Zion shall rest upon you. The fire of God that rested upon Mount Zion when Moses was on the top of the mountain will rest upon your houses. I say that in this very week, the word of God will prove you. The word of God will transform you. The word of God will make you. The word of God will sanctify you. The word of God will glorify in you. The word of God will glorify the Father through you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It shall come to pass. The Holy Spirit will bring to you appropriate word to deal with circumstance of your life. As you speak it out, it shall be so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I commit everything that we are doing this week to your hand. Power from heaven! Let it rest upon our plans of God. Unction from heaven! Let it rest upon our mind, O God. Provision, O God, let it be given to everyone. That you will fulfill everything that God has ordained for you this week. We will not be the one that will hinder ourselves. As the gates of hell cannot stand against us. Lord, we bless your name. Every form of pain, sickness and disease, I cause you to die from your roots. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, you are made whole. Those of you who have been seeking God for gifts, receive them in the name of Jesus. Receive sights from the one that gives insight. Receive understanding from the eternal understanding. Receive wisdom from the treasures of wisdom from heaven in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Receive direction from God. Deliverance in the name of the Lord of hosts. Father, we bless and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed.